Wow. As I said before, we've got an incredible show, a powerful show for all of you today. And, you know, part of this is our continuing conversation of how we recognize people that are out in the world that are making a difference, that are not afraid to step out there and say what is true for them, as well as help each and every one of us understand that there is an action that we can take that goes beyond any essence of who we think we are. And so for me, I get to have incredible conversations with people that are making a difference. You just heard uh, one conversation with Dr. Jean. Now you're going to get ready to hear another one because joining me today is someone that has also stepped out in courage, Richard Craven. He's joining me here today. The question that we ask is, how can we end our dependence on Middle East oil? I, I have a question. Do we even understand what that dependence is? And so Dr. Richard Craven is joining me here today, the national spokesperson for universal bioenergy, and he's joining me here today so we can not only address this question, but get an understanding of the action that each of us can take you know, thank you, uh, Dr. Craven, for joining us here today. You know, do we understand what that dependence is? Well, first off, thank you for uh, for having me today, Dr. Pat. Uh, one thing that we need to bear in mind is approximately 20 to 30 percent of the fuel that we consume comes directly from those regions where you might say that are less uh, politically aligned with the United States. They, they do not like them. Uh, petroleum, I know we normally think of just petroleum products as being the gasoline in our tanks or the diesel in our tanks. But it goes much farther than that because many chemicals that are used in the chemical industry start from petroleum products. Most of the plastics that we use start from petroleum products. So being able to reduce the amount of petroleum, you might say, that is used for transportation will help maintain some of these other industries as well for a longer period of time. But our dependencies... Our dependence on petroleum, period, is, is much more extensive than what most people think. I have to ask you a question. What would happen today if those countries that you just referred to decided that they weren't going to play with us anymore? What would that look like? Well, in my personal opinion like that, we would see uh, rising prices across the board uh, when it comes to things such as our, our transportation needs. I mean, we're looking, probably looking at... Uh, Six, maybe even seven dollars a gallon for gasoline, uh, something like that. Things that are made out of plastics, other products that are associated with petroleum, uh, would all increase because we'd essentially have less supply. If you have less supply and still have high demand, what happens to the prices? They go up. Now there has been a push, and slowly but surely, we are finding other environmentally friendly uh, feedstocks or materials that can be used for some of these purposes, and that will help reduce some of the pressure on the petroleum and, and reduce the demand a little bit for it as well. So things can be you know, more, more stably uh, developed in this situation because one important thing we have to keep in mind is sustainability. Things need to be renewable. And, well, the petroleum we're pulling out of the ground is not renewable. The coal we're putting out of the ground is not renewable. Well, I say not renewable unless you want to wait, you know, a few hundred million years. Uh, then you can have some more. Uh, but uh, right now, it's not. You know, when you look at the work that you've decided to do and you look at 
um, how you're taking uh, the message out into the world, you know, universal bioenergy, you know, a biofuel manufacturer. I mean, we're looking at green technologies. We're looking at a revolution. The reason I ask you the question I ask you, because there are some people that believe that inherent in this idea of having some of these countries decide that they're not going to play with us would be a call to action that would show or demonstrate a rise in, in the kinds of, you know, this green solutions that many people believe are implementable right now. It, it, you know, and that's why I ask you the question that I'm asking you. Is it going to take a crisis of that nature for us to get on the, the bandwagon here and make some change? I, I think there is a, a growing movement towards green energy, um, and some of it, it has come from the the problems that we are we are having with the Middle East uh, in those regions, and just looking at the um, the fuel prices, uh, the, the crude oil prices. Whenever there was just a hint that there could have been a conflict over there uh, of our of the uh, the Iranian gunboats like that, you know, essentially threatening uh, the American ships that were there. You know, mm-hmm. the, the price of oil jumped because uh, people were speculating that, oh, this means that we may have a shortage of, of fuel coming. Uh, it's little things like that that should bring to mind that we do need other alternatives. And I think people are finally starting to see that. And there are valuable and, and reasonably uh, attainable alternatives there. Some still need some research and development and the need uh, to be uh, developed more for commercialization. But there are some some, some very good possibilities uh to help reduce our, our need for, for foreign oil and to simply be greener and be more environmentally conscious. All right. Let's, let's make sure that we talk about this. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dr. Craven's going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about what some of those solutions are and how you can find out more about them. Um, you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And, you know, as we launched the Dr. Pat's Green Challenge, one of the things that we've gotten to appreciate is that there are many, many people out in the world right now that are providing solutions. Dr. Craven is one of them. Stay tuned. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll be back with the Dr. Pat Show and my very special guest today, Dr. Richard Craven. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Do you or a loved one have chronic pain? ABC Health Solutions introduces Ferroblock, a fabric that relieves chronic pain with no side effects. Ferroblock's unique construction of micro-thin stainless steel and nylon interrupts EMFs, or high-frequency waves, from damaging our cells, causing inflammation and pain. Call 253-631-8270 or visit abchealthsolutions.biz to see a short video regarding Ferroblock. That's abchealthsolutions.biz. Enjoy an evening with Greg Braden on January 23rd at Benaroya Hall in Seattle while he talks about the spontaneous healing of belief. Could the spontaneous healing of disease, living to advanced ages, and instant connection with everyone and everything be our true heritage in the universe? Join Greg Braden in this life-altering multimedia program for an evening of powerful, true-life accounts and easy-to-understand science as he shows us that we are limited only by our beliefs. Don't miss this first event in the five evenings with Extraordinary People series. Join Greg Braden, author of The God Code and The Secret of Lost Form of Prayer on January 23rd at 7 p.m. in Seattle. 
Visit thedrpatshow.com for ticket information, purchase the series, and get five events for the price of four. So visit thedrpatshow.com and click on five evenings with extraordinary people. Diets and drugs only address symptoms of ill health rather than providing solutions to the problems, such as weight gain and chronic pain. Spending just 30 minutes in a portable sauna that uses far-infrared technology can burn 600 calories, rid your body of toxins, and reduce pain. If you're tired of quick fixes that don't work, consider the long-term solution. Detox America's portable far-infrared sauna. Call 888-338-6987 or visit detoxamerica.com. Are you ready to blaze the trail with your product or service, but you're unsure how to bring it to the marketplace without compromising your integrity? Andrea Adler, founder of Holistic PR and known as the high priestess of spiritual marketing, takes you on a journey that will transform everything you think about marketing. Call 505-983-7777 or visit holisticpr.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C-P-R.com. Participate in a Divine Awakening transmission with Lori Grant, Kahuna Ho'okahi, where you'll have the opportunity to experience your true divine essence. Stop living the pain of separation and be in the bliss of oneness. Join Lori at her free demonstration on January 28th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at the SeaTac Airport Red Lion Hotel and attend her Infinite Oneness Enlightenment Seminar on February 29th through March 2nd. Visit onenessnonduality.com or call 808-394-2464. Spread the word. Your favorite shows are on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. I am so thrilled to to have Dr. Richard Craven joining me here today. You know, we said we were going to open up the conversation. Getting out of the gate in 2008 is also about getting educated and informed about what it means to truly go green. What What is it that we know? I don't even know what I don't know, and that's why I consider myself, you know, one of these people that is stepping into the to the to the to the green activity as someone that is so curious and wants to help people take action. Dr. Craven is somebody that has been at this for quite some time, and he knows exactly what is available for us to do right now. So, Dr. Craven, thank you for joining us here today. You know, when we say bioenergy, what are we talking about? Uh, Typically, when we say bioenergy, most people think of biofuels. Uh, Well, in general, bioenergy is any type of energy source that comes from biological material. Uh, that typically right now comes in the form of biofuels. Now, most people, when you say biofuels, first thing that pops into their mind is ethanol. Well, that's only one of the two primary biofuels that are available right now. Ethanol targets the gasoline sector, typically the consumer sector in our cars, motorcycles, etc. Then there is biodiesel. Biodiesel targets more of the commercial sector, from the standpoint of, you know, trucking, transportation, locomotives, uh, generators, that type of thing. So there, there's two, two different areas. Um, ethanol primarily comes from uh, plant starches, plant carbohydrates. Uh, corn in the United States is, is the primary source here. Uh, sugar beets are also used and also sugar cane. And there's also government projects uh, and research going on now 
should say government-supported, uh, that are talking about what they call cellulosic ethanol, which is where you're using just plant material in general in order to make ethanol. And hopefully if that can come about, then everything from your, your lawn clippings to the trees that you trimmed and the shrubs and all could essentially be used for producing ethanol for the gasoline sector. But what do we do about all the transportation that takes place that, that moves all the goods and services throughout our country? That's where biodiesel comes in. Now, biodiesel, as the name says, it is a, uh, a biological fuel that is uh, akin to diesel, to petroleum diesel. It's made from taking plant oils or animal fats. Yes, animal fats can be used, too. Hopefully some of the fat around my middle could actually be used one of these days. But, <laughs> but uh, since we're all animals, it's still animal fat. But you take the plant oils and the animal fats and you mix them with a catalyst and an alcohol such as methanol, something like that, and you produce a fuel that has uh, similar combustion characteristics to diesel. And the nice thing about biodiesel is not only does it have more energy per unit uh, of energy of production, uh, so biodiesel, let's say, has 3.2 units of, of energy in it that can be consumed for every one unit of fossil fuel energy you have to go in to produce it. And that's the most out of any fuel so far. So that's one good thing about biodiesel. It also has a major contribution or makes a major contribution into reducing emissions from its combustion compared to petroleum-based diesel. So if you're using 100% biodiesel, straight biodiesel, uh, you can look at a, an overall reduction of carbon dioxide emissions of up to 78% compared to petroleum-based diesel. That's a big change. It's a big, it's a big, big change. It's a big change, and people, you know, the question I think that gets raised uh, uh, about this topic is, you know, if this is such a big difference, what is stopping us from moving forward in a really big way? The main problem here is there is a debate going on right now between, or conflict, if you will, between the choice of either food or fuel. Because these are coming from primarily uh, edible plant oils, that's the, the, here in the United States, soybean is, our, is, our, is the key uh, virgin oil that's used for making biodiesel. Mm -hmm. It's in competition with other sources or other, um, other outlets that the products can be used for. Uh, soybean is very important in our food. It's important for feed. So there's other competition for it. And what's happened, it, it's turned this into a commodity, which means uh, it, there's multiple people that want it. So it's a commodity. And it's driven the price up for the feedstock. So it's it become too costly in some areas to produce fuel from the virgin oils. One thing that Universal Bioenergy is, is focusing on is to use waste vegetable oils that have already served some other purpose, using more animal fats uh, that maybe had a, a what you might call a low-grade use previous, previously, can now have a, a higher-valued use, uh, and also searching out plant oils from inedible plants that are not in comp direct competition with uh, food agriculture. A plant in particular called the uh, Jotropha. Uh, this plant can produce four times as much oil per acre than what soybean does. But a key thing that it has in it, its advantage is that it can grow on what they call fallow land or land that is poor in quality and it's such land that you would not use for producing food crops. So we're looking at you know, remnant lands, we're looking at uh, slightly desert areas, maybe, something like that, 
uh, can support uh, this this plant for for uh, growing and producing oils for energy feedstock. Another nice thing about it is that it, it can use up to 50% less water to grow than most of these other uh, food crops that we that we produce. So not only does it not compete land-wise with agricultural land, it also reduces the need for fresh water. So, and of course, fresh water is becoming even more valuable these days as well. There's also another source that is very important and will play a major role in the biofuels industry, and that is what people like to politely call pond scum. <laughs> uh, it's algae, algae, uh, different types of uh, photosynthetic algae. They can be kind of genetically tailored to either produce more carbohydrates for, for say, ethanol or uh, uh, similar fuels, or ones that can produce more oil in them that can be used for biodiesel production. Now, this, is, this has a, some major impact here because in the United States, we use approximately 60 billion gallons of diesel fuel each year. That's both transportation and off-road use like construction equipment, generators, etc. Now, if we wanted to replace all 60 billion gallons with soybean-based biodiesel. The amount of land mass that would be required to grow enough soybeans would take up two-thirds of the continental United States. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot. And that's because soybeans only produce between roughly 42 to 45 gallons per acre. Now, some companies are, are working on genetically modifying that so you can get more oil, but still it's fairly low. Now, back to these algae these little microorganisms, conservative estimates have predicted up to 10,000 gallons per acre. I've actually seen estimates up to 50,000 gallons per acre. But let's say we go with a conservative 10,000 gallons per acre. How much land would it take then to produce biodiesel to replace all that 60 billion gallons? It would take the amount of land uh, equal to the state of Vermont. That's it. So algae is going to play a huge role in the future in our, our energy production needs, at least when it comes to combustible uh, energy production. Well, you know, Dr. Craven, you have certainly shared information with us uh, that is really opening a, the door to a bigger conversation. Let's make sure everybody has a website that they can go to to follow up. And then I'd like to ask you as we close this segment, what's your personal message for us today? Uh, First off, the, the website is www.universalbioenergy.com. Universal Bioenergy is all one word. And for more information also on biodiesel, you can go to www.biodiesel.org. That's the National Biodiesel Board site. A lot of good information there as well. And my main message like that is that we have to become more educated consumers and live a more environmentally friendly lifestyle. I try to do so myself, and I hope other people can do that also. Absolutely. I'm certainly doing that for myself. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I want to thank all of you for, for tuning in. You know, we have provided a new format of fabulous shows, inviting you all to step in with us and get out of the gate in 2008. I want to thank Dr. Craven for joining us here today and Benny for doing what he does so well. Until tomorrow, you know, know that you can step out into the world, can step out with an empowered state of being and make some changes that you want. So get out of the gate in 2008 and join us to create the lives we want. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>